You're listening to the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. Understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, dual gender male to female crossdresser, LGBTQ plus advocate, TEDx speaker, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of FoxandHanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hi, Savannah. Hey, Joy. How are you? Oh, I'm cool. Just chill like a villain. A happy villain, but a villain nonetheless. All right. All right. It's like I had a late start this morning. Yeah, it was uh, It was a... You were a, tired. I was tired. <laughs> I, I did not get to bed till late. I uh, woke up late, um, basically just kind of dragging my ass out from under the cozy covers this morning, close to this afternoon. That's about how late it was before I actually got any kind of uh, energy to do anything. But the reason why that is, is because, um, and people will have seen this prior uh, per our social medias that um, I attended a rainbow ball, which is like a masquerade event uh, put on for the uplift outreach center here in South Carolina. It is a a benefit ball. It has a silent auction. It is geared to raising awareness and monies and support and donations for uh, queer youth here in the upstate uh, provides them a place to be, uh, you know, safe haven uh, resources. Uh, it was put together, I'd say, within the last four years, and it's been going strong ever since. We had a rainbow ball pre-COVID. Unfortunately, it got kind of waylaid because of COVID, and now this was our second annual that we did. And I threw my name in the hat. Or my sorry, I threw my number in the hat for several of the auction items, and uh, I won five of them. <gasps> so yes, yes. I, oh, I know, I was very excited. It's like uh, I didn't even realize I won that many. I thought I won one thing, and apparently, I high bid on four others. But had it not been for a, uh, like a really good cause, or shall I say, isn't there a part of? you that like once you realize that you want all the things that you wanted you're like yes and then you see the bill and you're like no (laughs) you know what in most cases that would be the absolute truth but when it comes to this cause yeah i am all about like you know i'm a donor actually you and i were sponsors the fox and Phoenix podcast was a sponsor for this year Um, yeah hey and um so that was important i wanted to get our name out there in that way but also show a support as a donor as a sponsor and i'm always all about you know uh doing what i can in that little way because this is like the best way i can show support i don't have time to be a volunteer i really don't have time to be a part of like the group that runs it so for me if i can um pull out my checkbook a little or throw it on my credit card and gain some points uh, just to help the youth. I am all uh, about it. I remember when you sent me a text pictures of all your weddings. Yes. 
uh, for the listeners, I sent a, basically I, <laughs> I set up uh, on the kitchen counter, like a little diorama of all the things that I had brought home with me. Uh, there was a framed photo, not a photo, a framed a painting, a painting on a canvas, a watercolor butterfly, and a couple experiences, like a dinner and a massage. So, yeah, I mean, I, I came away with, with some goodies for sure. And it one was of a, the, one, sorry to drop, but one of the photos, one of the um, art pieces was just so hauntingly beautiful. And it looked like it had like a dark kind of romantic gothic tone mm. didn't have like what did it have like a rose and a i think it had like a um a lily yeah is that the one with the white lily and it's really on a very dark murky stylistic background a very small it's like maybe six by six on a canvas but be- just beautiful just like a beautiful little set piece mm-hmm. um already have defined a spot for the framed picture which is kind of all white background but it looks like uh an eagle in flight like from the top view but it's, it's made everything. up with like nature oh it's beautiful everything was just so beautiful and i'm just again so happy to have been a part of it um judy was not able to attend due to her recovery still from surgery and but i took my friend my other friend named savannah and we had a great time. We had some good food. She's a dancing queen, such as wow. you are. And um, just, I couldn't even keep up with her. She knew all the words. She knew all the right moves to the lyrics. And it was just fantastic. We had a great time. Actually, we had to go and there were still people dancing. And yeah, it was just lovely. And I couldn't ask for anything better. So for anybody out there who would like to know more, um, I'll put it into the show notes, but this is the Uplift Outreach Center in South Carolina. So if anybody is interested in donating or you know showing support in that way, I will give you the link. So maybe you can you know do a little for them as well. Yes, because trans youth are our future. Yes, they are our chance, yes. and they are needing some support in terms of upping their shelf life in terms of their lives and making sure that they will grow and expand and make this world a better place in the future. So it's really important that you, if not this um, chapter, whatever local chapter Mm -hmm. you're a part of or know about, it's really very important. Right. Yeah. Just as the last um, kind of a postscript to this, uh, the reason why this group came into be was because there were some queer suicides mm-hmm. uh, too close to home, let's say, in this case, for people who, who it was obviously most devastating to and for. And again, this, this entire program is set out to protect the youth and to mm-hmm. give them a place to both be and be themselves and be protected and safe. And it just, it's something we all need. Again, there's too much of it, too much death, too much suicide, too much attempted suicide, especially against uh, their cis counterparts in the same age bracket. Uh, we people need to be aware that the you know the being an outsider as a queer youth um, really sets you up for a lot of isolation, mm-hmm. and you know we really need to show our support on that front because uh, we as adults manage to get through it in our own ways. But in reality, you know, there's still so many more out there who need our love and our support um, for for them to have uh, just as 
uh, viable and vibrant life. So, yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, again, great event. I'd uh, love to show my support, but that is not what we're here for today. Um, let me set the stage for our audience. Um, ah! You may have seen on social media that Julie and I have come together IRL in real life. And while we are not going to go deep into the mythos of all the wonderful things we did together on our trip, really, I want to hear from, you know, door to door, from start to finish, the arduous journey and the odyssey (laughs) that Julie Rubenstein had to endure to even make this happen. I mean, stop (laughs) it. Like, thank you for the greatest setup ever. Um, (laughs) I've been looking forward to this trip for so long. And even before I had the ticket for so much longer after that. And so the fact that it came to be, you know, let's, let's, let's bring it back to about uh, the day of that Mm. I was supposed to leave. Right. Right. Scott and I were going to head out the door in a good, you know, hard 45 minutes. He checks to see about my flight, which we both agreed he probably wouldn't have done before leaving just based on his nature. So we check in, we check in and it turns out that the flight was canceled. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So what I was going to do is I was going to take the red eye. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to show up and get the maximum amount of time that I could get with you. Right. Right. Yep. So that was the idea. So then I told you guys, and I don't know if it was Judy or you or me, but we created the supernova of thought that was, oh, great. Now Julie will get to meet Savannah mm-hmm. because, you know, there's suddenly time and the expectation is not to get up at, you know, 4 a.m. and put on <laughs> the makeup. This would be an actual thing because my flight was now going to be in the evening. Right, right. Right? Yep. So so I I arrive super early to San Francisco already um, for my day of travel. I waited, got on a plane to, where was it, Texas? Dallas, Fort Worth. Dallas, Fort Worth. May that be a foreshadowing of things to mother tuck and come. Okay. (laughs) I arrived there. I'm thinking this is great. So much better than Chicago, where I was originally supposed to fly to. Right. Right. So much more manageable. They had like Natalie's candy store. They had every restaurant. They even had some boutiques that looked like they could be in Los Angeles. Like it was, it was great. Okay. Right. And I did my laps, did my laps. I knew I was going to be there three hours. Right. Right. So it was like, I think I even texted you or Judy at one point or a group text and said, I love this airport, but check, check in with me in two hours. Meaning like (laughs) I had three hours at this place. Didn't I? (laughs) So then as I'm getting closer and closer to being like, yes, you know, ooh, the gate is still there and it's still going. I decide I'm going to wet me whistle. I'm going to go to Starbucks in the airport because 
because I had been too excited to fully get anything to eat. There was McDonald's. Like, I love McDonald's. Like, I couldn't decide what to do. So I'm like, at least I'm thirsty. So I go to Starbucks, which, P.S., it took literally 20 minutes to get my drink. Like, Oof. it was just very, there was already someone distressed. Like, should I get their attention? I'm like, this is crazy. And he says, or he who expresses as a he says to me, oh, yeah, I'm all good. I mean, it's just annoying to wait for your drink. But like my flight had been canceled. So it's just he, he you know, said that his he said this canceled. to me. Okay. He says this to me. So I'm like thinking that sucks. This guy. <laughs> good attitude. So as I'm like grabbing my water, say goodbye to the guy, grab my Frappuccino, I head over. Then I get a text that said that my flight had been canceled. Oh, geez. So now we're on our second cancellation. Canceled. Okay. I hear you. At the same time, then I look like a beat later and I get a text from Judy. (laughs) The three of us have a group text at this point and had for a couple of days prior. Says, and I quote, oh, it looks like your flight has been canceled. To which I go into this, like, state of, like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I look to the left of me, and there's this giant line that looks to be, no joke, a mile and a half. I get in there. I wait for a good hour. Then I realize, oh, my God, we've all been in a decoy line. And the real start of the line is here. So all of us make this giant ant, like... (laughs) you know, giant like shift to get in another line to which every single person in the line was on their phone. They were Mm -hmm. talking to the peeps. I listened, like there were several comedy shows of like people getting to know each other and like witnessing the conversation on the phone. That was just like, so when can I get my money? So are you going to pay for, for a hotel? So what, like, it was just very weird. I made a friend, of course, like anyone would at any epic bash where there's a lot of people waiting for something yes i had you and judy and my husband all working as this like survival team of like (laughs) here's a ticket option she could do this combination my husband every time i try to call him to figure out what to do i cut him off from the airport that's on hold oh shoot yeah okay so this happened like three times where i'm like oh my god i look at my phone there's like 26 percent on my battery oh shit i had already juiced up at leg five to which me and my neighbor both put our phones in like it was a scene i didn't know what i was gonna say when i got to the end of the line no clue where my luggage was oh yeah that's right i mean your luggage still on a plane somewhere like upon regret, like just fast forwarding, just a dash. I wish I would have given. This is so silly. Scott's, you Scott's number, Scott your number, some sort of like that, as opposed to Bing, 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 Bing. Like just trying to get all the different options of what to do. Right. At one right. point, I think I re- I left the line and I fucking booked it on the trolley, headed towards like a Spartanburg flight. Yeah, to Greenville. I think Judy had said, hey, there's a, a flight leaving in like 25 minutes to Greenville. See if you can get on that. And, and you like jumped. Yeah, jumped on one of those. Uh, no rationale. In airport uh, little <laughs> golf carts. 
And I think it was the mania of being in that line for so long. But suddenly I had the big bucks. <laughs> All I had to do was run there. I was like in a movie where they run up. They're like, we have one ticket. Go get your girl. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. just was so. Uh. So, of course, they didn't have a flight there. Mm. But then finally, my husband books the t- tickets. Right. On a different airline. On a different airline. I didn't know where my bags were. Right. Right. So I won't even get into the, all the Michigas that led to like <laughs> that, me moving, me staying, me finding my bags. No, I had to get the F to Delta, which right. was in right. section E. Remember when I was crying and I'm like, I don't even know where section E is. And so yeah, like, yeah. I think you were duty. in, I think you were in terminal A at the time in American airlines and you had to get I to Delta. And uh, Delta we knew e. that it's, we knew that Dallas Fort Worth is a big airport. So it'd be like kind of like those old trams that kind of go around between terminals. So I think I I said I looked it up on Google and found the actual map of the terminals of the airport itself with like it had like a red outline of like the tram lines. And like so I show I think I sent it to you. It's like you're here, you need to go here. And they're like the tram will be between gates 17 and 18, wherever you are. And it was all about a map, but (laughs) thanks to my soup mania led superhero, like I'm going to Spartanburg, me hopping on the trolley, me being like, well, they don't have it. I had already been primed and ready for that. So I flew, I Mm. flew like freaking Wonder Woman. In her invisible jet. Yes. Okay. I was like Jewess going fast there was like smoke coming out of my ears i was ready (laughs) granted i needed my husband's permission to and i quote fuck the bag go get to the gate and get this flight yeah yeah so then i get on the flight there was a (laughs) there was a changeover because of course there was because this hasn't been long enough and then i said i buckle in my phone had kind of died by that time, but the the plane had some juice. Mm. And I looked down at my phone and I see Chuck needs to know where to go. Wait, because I had sent her a picture of my tickets. Yes. And I actually sent it to her not once, but twice for whatever reason. Judy had th- like we had like texted, like, let me know if you once you get the ticket to Columbia or once you get the ticket. Right. To Atlanta. Right. I think that would text me. So I know, and I'll leave. Now I've never been to any of these areas, so I don't really get or know what's going on, but I knew I had two flights mm-hmm. to which I get some battery. And I looked down at my phone and Judy writes, uh, Chuck doesn't know what to do. He's waiting for you. And then in big letters, don't go to Columbia. <laughs> get off at Atlanta. Chuck will beat you there at 8 30. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it just yeah, just for everybody, uh, as Julie said, we saw the picture of the two boarding pass, the two boarding passes, and it was less about like us really looking at the boarding passes, more about, yay, she got boarding passes. So we were all just excited that, like, okay, she's got a boarding passes, she's on the move again. The flights are going to, you know, so we, we were going to like then go ahead and look at them later to see like what was on time, where to go. Um, but unfortunately, I was under some weird impression. I was just supposed to come and get you. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to Atlanta. I'm coming to get you. 
And um, as I'm already on the road saying I'm on my way, uh, (laughs) then the second shot of those same boarding tickets came through again. And then Judy is looking at them saying, uh, oh, shit, there's a layover and Atlanta is then going to end up going to Columbia. So I'm already on my way to Atlanta, which is the first leg of two on this whole brand new, this whole brand new spectrum of right. uh, events. And I'm driving. So when Judy's like, um, yeah, um, she's supposed to go to Columbia. And I'm like, what do I do? Oh, my God. And so now there's all text string about don't go to Columbia. Stay in Atlanta. He will pick you up there. And basically it boiled down to the decision of does Julie wait two more hours in another layover to go to Columbia knowing or not knowing whether that flight was going to have problems or delays. I said, we know she's already on the flight to Atlanta from Dallas. So let me just hedge all bets and say, screw it. I'm just going to pick her up in Atlanta. And um, so from uh, the upstate from Spartanburg area to Atlanta is about three hours Cross state lines Cross state from, <laughs> from South Carolina to Georgia. Um, and yeah, so just made made the trip. I got there, I think, with time to spare. Um, and then just uh, just kind of rolled up pretty much when you were coming out, if I remember. It went now, right there. Yes. <laughs> now, I had no clue where my luggage was. I was distressed. I was distraught. Okay. It, I was disheveled pretty much, but I had on this amazing seventies coat, fur lined, a shaped silhouette fur on the arms. I wasn't even going to bring it because I brought every, I brought every piece of clothes to feel cool and comfortable and like, yes, you did. like that stylist, like that girl. Okay. Yes. So I w- wasn't sure whether or not to bring the jacket, but I brought the mother tuck in jacket and a little doughy eyed purse. Normally I bring a carry on with a couple of items, my meds, you know, some essentials, but why would I do that? Why would I do that for this trip? I want no, to feel free. Okay. Yes. yes. I had my teal hippie hat on. I found out that this cool cat is in a blue what, Civic. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. So I put my finger up like goddamn Mariah Carey to the two cars, you know, blocking my way. And I right. it was a three going. three lane deep, uh, by the way, three three lanes across. I was in the outside lane of the arrivals uh drive. So yes, I, I'm on my phone looking for you. You're on your phone looking for me, and then you said, Oh. Is that you waving your phone at me? Which I wasn't actually waving my phone at you. I was just had it up like in my face. And then you right. saw me first. And then you just skirted across those lanes like uh, Dustin Hoffman going, hey, I'm walking here. I thought to myself in that moment, tears were streaming down my oh. face. B.O. is 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 oozing from my pores. Okay, <laughs> My anxiety is shot. My spirit is dead. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, as soon as I see the car, I put two fingers up to the air like a shotgun. And I think to myself, bitch, you better sissy that walk. And there's some sort of soundtrack that came along as I'm like hitting the goddamn catwalk. Okay. It's really from RuPaul. It's all good. It's all good. I was strutting my stuff. I opened the door. I give you a giant hug. Yep. 
practically smashed your rib cage. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Apologies, but not really <laughs> the journey I took. Okay. Mm-hmm. I give you a hug and I just, I think I just wept. I think. Oh, yeah. I think, I think you were just, there was that relief valve of, you know, we weren't there yet, but you were yeah. in safe hands and the uncertainty of what the next thing was going to be. It was like this last jaunt, this last part of the journey was with somebody you knew, <laughs> with somebody you knew and, and oh. like in safe hands. And, you know, we're in this third lane, this outside lane. And, you know, you're, you're reaching over and giving me a hug and like the traffic is moving a little bit forward. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, I can't just sit here and park. And so it was like just very awkward, like embrace and hug. But it was a relief for me to find you and see you, you know, really for you, obviously, to be out of the the uh, airline, uh, you know, clutches, uh, so to speak. And so, yeah, you never got onto that flight to Columbia. Because- Moral of the story. There were thousands <laughs> of flights canceled that day. Yes. It was on the news. You can Google it if you want. Yes. And I just happened to be in that situation. And for me, from the moment I met you, and I did get a text at some point, you know, walking out of the plane that I'm so sorry, I won't, you won't be getting to meet Savannah today. Right. And right. I just, at that point was like, why did I care? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, this is the person a meeting. I love them. I can't wait to meet them. And I fully love all sides of them, no matter what. And I just want to tell you as a side note, I'm so sorry that I made you feel like you were hard to love Mm. or that I was having trouble loving one side and not all of. Right. Uh, Because I I was, and I just want to apologize because you are a hundred percent love in my heart. Oh, thank you. And I really, as much as it was an awkward, like physical position as I, <laughs> as I leaped into your arms and you could have easily been hit by a couple cars, <laughs> I felt nothing but love and connection and non, like I was unaware of like the physical awkwardness or the dangers that lay ahead as in like less than an inch. Yes. Yes. Um, It was the most normal and natural thing in the world. And I just remember us driving and me just curled up in the wing of your arm and just Mm. like so exhausted. And so just like humbly aware of like, and this will be a theme as we move through these first, I'll say our hour and a half together is that it highlighted like what truly matters. Mm. Yeah. Like like the clothing didn't matter. The clothing that I needed to be this person to know, because it's, it's not about that with us. And I knew it never was. I just honestly was like self-conscious about temperature. Like I hate being cold and I just don't like being unprepared, but like I, it really resonated like, that and then like we pull up we had stopped to get some food but judy was still waiting up right and because we weren't going to get back to the house until midnight at this point right and she's like that is just 
a bending of all our routines, I think. It, it, yes, absolutely. And, and just to go back a couple steps uh, for the listeners, just remember that, you know, if you remember from early, early episodes, Julie knew Savannah first, right. only knew me as Savannah. And the looking at Chuck or meeting Chuck, quote unquote, was kind of a scary proposition for you, uh, just in general and early in our relationship. And again, now we're talking virtually. So you're familiar with Chuck on a virtual level, but again, right. Savannah was your person. Savannah was a person that you came to know and love like immediately when we first clicked on that free to be sheep uh, movie night podcast. That being said, um, I think a comment was made. I don't remember by who or when for this trip of like, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great if, you know, I can meet Savannah or Savannah could pick you up. And this is when you were heading to Charlotte. Well, obviously the first flight when you were going to do the red eye was going to get you in like Saturday at like nine in the morning. Yeah. So obviously I'm like, there's no way I'm doing that like 70 minute drive and somehow getting up early enough to get dressed. So when that first flight got canceled and you ended up going uh, from San Francisco to Dallas in that connector flight to Charlotte, that was going to bring you in with me plenty of time of getting ready. And I I was all fully prepared to come and get you as Savannah because I figured that was what you wanted and needed. And dreamt of. And dreamt of. And, And I felt probably you were more comfortable that way. But as these delays and cancellations and, and scrambling to get new flights uh, brought you into Columbia, supposedly at like 1130 at night, we all were exhausted. And the idea of when to come get you, I'm like, well, I still could do it. You know, it's going to be late. But then that whole Atlanta component was like, oh, I have to leave now. I have to leave right now, this second, which is what my panic was. I jumped on the road, coming to get you in Atlanta, not remembering about the Columbia part of it, and then realizing, oh, yeah, there's no way Savannah's going to be part of this equation, which I felt in my heart really bad because I thought in, in my head in that moment that you needed to meet Savannah, not Chuck. Mm. So thank you so much for validating that it, at the end of the day, it was less about the clothing and more about the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it, it was something I wrestled with because I really wanted you to feel as comfortable upon meeting me in person as, as I could. And again, the way, the way that trip went, there was just no way in that moment I could have made any of it work. And I felt bad. And I felt like apologetic about like, I'm sorry, I didn't come get you with Savannah. And you were like, I don't care. I'm just happy <laughs> to be right. in this car driving back the three hours from Atlanta to Spartanburg. Oh, God, yes. To, yeah. So it, it and it was um, somewhat validating as well. Because I think for you, it was like just kind of normalizing me as a person, like all told every part of me. And um, for me as well, it's like to know that you, it was less about, I really only like Savannah, right? Only, you know, that's, that's really where, where my brain is, is Savannah part, not the Chuck part. So, you know, ironically for so many of us crossdressers, our male sides are accepted and the female side is like the one everybody's got to get used to. And you actually had the opposite issue where Savannah was your girl and then to, to see Chuck or meet Chuck in real life was just a little uncertain for you. Right. Well, I think that I, so when we're messaging, I picture Savannah, which right. we message a lot, but when we talk on the phone, I picture Chuck. 
And, you know, if you're, if you call me and you're on your way home from work, or if you call me and I'm up and you're walking the dog, you know, whatever it is, right. that how you were presenting in your real life is kind of like how I cue in to you. Right, right. But I think for me, there's still, there was still that little splinter sized sliver of an awareness that I'm married and somehow have a, a deep connection with a man, mm. a heterosexual man that is like my deep soul sister relationships. And for me, that is a deeply insecure place because I love my husband 100%. And mm. for me, and I don't know if it's like this for Judy on the other end, I have no idea. I'd have to ask her someday. <laughs> But there was a part of me that made it okay to love Savannah, but didn't make it okay to love Chuck. Mm. And I know that loving, and I've said this too many times, that loving you, you know, one side is loving, the other side is loving who you are. Like there was no, um, I was never not clear about that. I think for me, and it's something that I really got even more comfortable with on this trip. And I'd like to save the second part of all that happened and all that was for another episode. Because I really want to give this its proper due. I feel like I was able to let go in the moment of everything that occurred, this, the trauma of getting there, the angst and what, and stripping past all the layers and watching Judy hold our relationship and our love with nothing but love on her end. Just being able to get that soul sister energy in mm-hmm. in a mister, you know what I mean, yeah. in, in a different gender. And for me, that is not something that is normalized for me or was, because I don't think I'd be okay with Scott's bestest childhood friend. I, I don't know. I guess I'd have to be along for the journey and have to know the people, but right. Judy does know the people and she knows our journey. And so she loves she loves that we love each other regardless of the gender that you're presenting. And that was something that made me feel safe and helped me integrate this concept more. It really did because I've never had a quote guy friend, which you're not a guy completely, <laughs> just like you're not a girl completely. Right. But I it's... think based on the exterior, I really kind of built a home about what's okay and what's not. Purely by the visual. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and by the gender that you were presenting. Yeah. It is a strange dichotomy where, like I said, we've talked about this before, where your comfort level with Savannah was so completely different than your comfort comfort level with Chuck. Uh, even uh, through early video chats or, you know, thinking about me that even you knew I was at work in guy mode that you would just think Savannah, Savannah, Savannah. That's how you thought of me. So kind of the the abrupt in the splash of icy water to the face mm. of like being confronted by this male persona um, was something I was so desperately trying to um, mitigate and, you know, allow you to have the most um, positive, I guess the, the most positive first interaction, which is why I was trying so hard to, to make that work for you. It was a fantasy. Like but it was, was something that made you comfortable. And that's what I was trying to, you know, right. at that time, but prior, like wanting you to, even with this journey that you had more so 
like because it became so arduous and you had gone through so much angst, I was even more so trying to lessen the burden of a stressful meeting. And that hurts me because you are my best friend. You're not stressful. You as a man is not stressful. It's just, you're not my gay friend. Like I haven't had this dynamic. I haven't had this dynamic of someone who has a girlfriend. My uncle has his, he's not only friends with all a bunch of his exes, but like best friends with females. And like my aunt is so happy because she's not a phone person. And at least this person can fill that Like they just have something different that doesn't threaten their relationship or their love. I have no experience with that. That's so normalized for so many people, but not for me. So I want to make something crystal clear when I tell you there was no part of Chuck that made me uncomfortable. None. Or that I loved any less. None. It was this little girl fantasy of like, yay, I get to see Savannah, the Bobby that I imprinted with. That's what I've always dreamed. Like it was, it was a fantasy. It was a illusion that kept my little child safe. Or my little 20-year-old, 25-year-old, whatever discomfort I have with men. Mm. And yeah, not all men are shitty. But there's a lot that are and are really very triggering. And there's a shame, I'm sure, on your end when it comes to being a man and the same and different shame that comes upon being a woman. Like that we've just, you've had so many predators that have represented your gender, the male part of you. Yeah, yeah. As much as I ask for your forgiveness of ever making you feel like you were not lovable to me 100%. But also, I know that you understand that men are harmful. And I was raped and I was taught at a very early age, don't fully trust men if they're not your husband, if they're not your partner. So as much as I ask for your forgiveness, I'd love your compassion, which I know I already have, but I don't want you to have any room to think there was a part of me that rejected all of who you are, because you're beautiful and you're so like me, worthy of love. Thank you. Well, this trip, I think galvanized that um, burying or dissipating that worry or concern. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that any remnants of that as a, a problematic node of concern, yeah, is gone. Sorry, but they don't talk a lot about heterosexual platonic friendships. It's not normalized. It's just kind of like, I don't know. You don't hear a lot of it. Or in my social circles, there's not a lot of, I mean, maybe friends that went to high school with each other. I get to see you on a day-to-day basis. It's it's a working relationship. It's a work marriage. It's one of those things where like on the daily, we we talk about the podcast, like listeners, I know you're out here for this. I know time feels like it stopped, but like we talk about you. We think about you. We engage with you. We we talk about topics to do. I mean, we're mm-hmm. in a fully fledged working relationship that goes beyond just Sunday recording and Wednesday episode release. Like we really are obsessed with <laughs> this weird. world that we've created. And, and we have such drive. I mean, Chuck edits like hours and hours, like in, an insane amount of dedication and love for this project. 
the love we have for everyone listening and the, and the the engagement we feel there's a part of me at least that feels responsible to respond back and, mm-hmm. and I know you've talked about this with your advocacy work and with your work as an author there's this connection that if people are willing to kind of break through that I don't know if it's the third or fourth wall and really ask questions share their experience as it relates to the podcast or with cross-dressing mm-hmm. or anything else in between, I feel like we want it. We oh, love yeah. it. Oh yeah. I mean, our relationship, you know, it's funny to talk about like we live, live and breathe and eat this podcast. Yeah. And, you know, ironically, and I will say this, you know, while everything we do before Sunday is all pre-production, like half our conversations about what's next, what's next, what we're going to talk about, what's right. going on in the world, what would be appropriate. Oh, did you see this message from so-and-so? That would be a good topic. You know, just right. always wheeling into those things. We record that is post-production, that yeah. is scheduling, that getting the episodes out, um, even though we're, you know, trying to keep on top of, uh, make sure we have a few in the bank before we get them out to the world. Right. Um but yeah, I mean, which ironically, though, you and I have so many other conversations completely different than just That's the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's like our relationship is not just like when you got here, and I'm not going to spoil too much about your, your visit, but we didn't talk about podcast stuff. No. We talked about ourselves and like who we are as people and like our relationship. So while it sounds like all we do is talk about podcasts and podcasts and podcasts. You and I are very comfortable also just being in the same space to bring them the same air. fledged, deep friendship where we both kind of, we not even kind of, we both very much know like a partner would like what is going on during the day where yeah. they are like, yeah. and we talk about our, our dreams, our hopes or just our daily day-to-day boring stuff. And so <laughs> this relationship and friendship has built has been so intense before we met we we built a world together and a world that's bigger than ourselves and a world we want to be in all the time whether it be talking about mundane stuff or what whether it be changing the narrative around what cross-dressing is or isn't what it means to be trans why we're doing this and and yes yeah you're right ding 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 this podcast (laughs) isn't just about cross-dressing it's about humanity yes it isn't just about transgender and if you are you're not it's a human condition being transgender is a human condition it's a human experience so of course there's going to be most of it all of it if mm-hmm. people are willing to fucking stop and get past their own limited judgments about it being a kink or a fetish or, oh, they're going to talk about balls crushing into <laughs> giant dicks and a made it tuggy as we are. Ow! There is humanity that seeps through. Because guess what? You're just a person. What? Ding, ding. You are. Wow. Just a person and you're not a sideshow freak. Oh, huh. Well, that's news to me. I'll take that with me (laughs) wherever I go. You know, and how ironic. uh, I mean, that's a whole episode we could have too about how we feel about ourselves. 
Write it down. Write it down. Let's get that down for a future episode. I already have like three uh, ideas in my brain for future episodes, uh, just for things that come across my desk or across my social or Judy points out, uh, points out to me. Um, Judy, <laughs> I love you. Ah, she loves you too. So what I want to say just at the end of this, just kind of stick a bookend and then, yes. and then we'll just add more books is we are kind of getting out our ribbon and about to wrap <laughs> at the part where we we pull into the garage and then I see the beautiful, the, like a, I don't know, like a, I was going to say like a steampunk Barbie, but like a, just a hot, hot purple haired woman, you know, like standing before me with these banging, I'm just laying down, I'm just laying down some breadcrumbs. Okay. With these amazing, stretchy, soft bell bottoms. And like this, I think she was wearing a purple shirt, I think. I don't remember. She was backlit because she opened the door. We're in the garage and she opened the door and the light was behind her. So she kind of looked like an angel, uh, you know, all silhouetted. She looked like the hottest angel. Her tits, her itty bitty waist, her long stems. And not to say I didn't think she was hot before. I just never really had a moment to really see. Is she hot? Is she not? This is someone I'm getting to know internally. Right. Right. I know what she looks like. Her hair is lush and long and not the kind of long she used to have where everyone would be like, whoa, that's long. Like the crystal band long. (laughs) Yes. The perfect length. And I just got out of the car and I go, Judy. And I ran to her arms. I'm like, you are so beautiful. Because that was the first thing that struck me. She's got some great tits, people. Shh. Don't tell her. <laughs> well, you can. All right. If ever you have the pleasure to see Judy, don't stare at her tits. Just you know, right away. Just really be cash. But yeah, just be, cash. be cool. Don't be not cool. Be cool. <laughs> you are quoting Lu- Countess Luann de la Seps from the Real Housewives of New York. And I just want you to know that. Like, I have taught you that. You have. That is you where have. it's from. Okay. Andy Cohen got the 411. <laughs> All right. We will end with Judy's hotness. I mean, she is smoking hot. She looks like one of those tight bodied individuals that was a, like Studio 54. Yay. I think she went there once too, actually. I'm sure she did. Yeah. I'm wicked jealous of her, like history. Wicked, crazy, wicked jealous. Which is a postscript this uh the baggage that did Oh, I didn't get the baggage till two till three three, three days, days later. later. Three days Judy into gave, a five-day trip is when you got Judy your baggage. gave me the clothes off her back, not literally, but metaphorically, including undies. And I'm yeah. thinking this New York broad is my mother for life and soul sister. Oh, friends for life. Yeah. Where else are you going to go? I had no clothes, people, for two days. I cared so much about what I brought because I want to be, and I quote, comfortable. (laughs) That is an illusion. That is a farce, my friends. If you have family and those who love you, I mean, I wasn't going to tell Judy that I don't wear underwear on the rags. I just said, thank you. It was, yeah, I mean, without going too deep into it, because we will have future episodes that talk all about this 
and you you shown through in your vulnerability in that case of being open and honest and vulnerable to somebody you just met. You know, that was that's a big deal. That's a big, big deal. And I do not shortchange the the kind of the heart you had to face that. And I also want to say before I forget that I'm wicked attractive to Judy's laser focus. She is very good at locating the bag. She knew just what to do. Mm-hmm. She found me. I mean, she was amazing in right. helping me find my bag. She I was. I want to say that. Where, where I'm the person to be like, oh, no clothes. Let's go shopping. And <laughs> that, you did. That's how and I solved the problem. <laughs> And you did, and we did, to be talked about at the next episode of the Fox and the Phoenix Mother Tuckin' Podcast. Hey, okay, yeah. our shopping trip. Boom, boom, boom. So this has been a blast from the not-so-distant past. <laughs> I'm still grieving your loss, but I know that having all of you with us on this first podcast and seeing you in person makes it all worth it yes we love yous we love our listeners and i miss you terribly and so does judy i mean the dog every yeah it's um you you made the house a home more so Mm. with you in it so we had an amazing time we'll talk more about that in future episodes just a blessing to have you here and we hope to have you again and you're always welcome and now i have a place called and now Savannah's room, as she calls it Julie's room, but like, whatever, steal back your title. But it was very cute. <laughs> and I loved it. I, I'm going to keep it as your room. I'm just borrowing oh! it. I'll just borrow it till you get there. Listen, I, listen, before we go, yeah. I was wicked self-conscious about that moment with the dogs. Because I know the dogs are their children. What True. are their names? Holly and Lola. And I had this moment where I was afraid that they'd bark at me, which they would, because they always do. And I would like turn my back and it would be this like instant kind of shame loop. But I, I'm not a dog person. I just have no whatever. I just, that's what I was going to do. Okay. So when we show up and it was very, very late and they had already like their routine was messed with because they were waiting for mommy to be upstairs and then daddy to come in a little bit later because he can't right, sleep. Right, right. But that didn't happen. And so when I walk in, they were so tired that they had gone like <laughs> mute. And I got to like just just love them, like right. be in the posture of love and acceptance, which it totally worked. Fake it till you make it. Because <laughs> I did and I do. You did. Yeah. It, yes. They were just like, oh, we'll come over and pad over to you to see what's happening. But yeah, there was there was no excitement at that time of night. They're like, oh, "This is weird for me. What's going on? What's happening? Who's this?" But yeah, they they uh, instantly connected to you in a non-threatening and non-barky way. So it was really and, the, and one of them sat on me. Yeah, which was really and cute. the elderly one, Judy said, "Aw, she wants you to pick her up." And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, "Fuck, I can't screw up the lift." <laughs> was like i'm close to the last day i'm like okay like this and my arms can snap they're so skinny they're and this dog was just (laughs) so i just did it and that was awkward that was a one awkward moment for me because i knew i couldn't drop it right it's kind of like holding a baby for the first time you just want to make sure you do it right and not hurt anything so i get you (laughs) anywho i love you so much 
and all your glory in all the ways. And goodbye for now, my sweetness and my cuteness. Oh, and I will say, I know this is not our typical goodbye, but love seeing you in real life. You are amazing. A hundred times, even more than I could dream. Even knowing you for two years that we've been doing this podcast and being friends. So it was just a delight to have you here in person. And with that being said, until next time. Wait, I need to follow one thing. Okay, please. At Beta U was one of those. (laughs) Was the dream come true in all the ways in all the places. And the weirdest part is our relationship is so much more intense, like not in person. So when, so the beautiful thing about being in person was everything was so, when it wasn't in crisis, people, mm-hmm. it was so relaxed, so normal, so comfortable. And I didn't stress beyond the stress of like every other part of the trip. Right. It was so comfortable and it was effortless. And you and Judy loved me so hard and so without questions that I cannot believe that I didn't shame myself when you asked me on the second day. So did you did you tuck in the shower curtain when you took a shower or did you put it out? Meaning if you put it out, there's water everywhere on the floor. And I said... Mm. No, I forgot to tuck it in. <laughs> and in that moment, I felt nothing but love, which was so rare. I did not shame myself. It was what it was. And you got to tell the, hey, whatever. Just yeah. go shopping. Whatever. We yeah. got to tell them to clean up the water. Like your like even keel <laughs> personality entered my soul. Oh, well, thank you so much. I It's, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And uh, we're already hoping and looking forward to the next time. All right, one more time, please. Bye for now. Until next time. Aww. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H A U K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at Julie MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor. Copyright 2022. Yes, nailed it. If you enjoy our content and want to make it easier for others to find us, please share with your friends, tap the subscribe or follow button to the show wherever you're listening, give it a five-star rating, or leave a review. And for show ideas or comments, contact us through the podcast on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.